Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Sunday, December 10th. Happy Dewey Decimal System Day, which if you're under 40, you probably don't know what that is. The Dewey Decimal System is used by libraries, which if you're under 40, you probably don't know what that is. Libraries are places where they store books, which if you're under 40, well darn, let me try this a different way. Okay, fella kids. You know how everything y'all think y'all know, y'all learn from movies or TV or YouTube or off of the internet one way or another? Well, back before electricity, movies were called books, and they were usually made of paper. We kept them on shelves, and you had to actually read them. Instead of an internet, we had big buildings where we kept all the books, called libraries. And the books all had numbers on them. And if you wanted to find a book in a library, we had these big cabinet looking things with about a million little drawers in them in which were many hundreds of paper cards with book titles and authors and subjects and the numbers on the books. That was our Google. It's barbaric, I know, but that's how it was. But we never had a real good way of sorting them out until 1851 when on this date, Melville Dewey was born. The Squall has this book called How to Be Totally and Completely Organized. And I said, I don't really want to be totally and completely organized. But Dewey did. He was so efficient, he cut two L's and an E out his name to save ink and just spelled it Melville. Anyway, Dewey invented this decimal system that organizes books into 10 classes, which are then subdivided into 10 categories and further broken down into another 100 numbers after a decimal point. And if that sounds like Mel was kind of OCD, well, you're probably right. Of course, he would have called it CDO, which is the same thing, just in alphabetical order, like it should be. Our reading for today is Amos 1, 1 through 315, Revelation 2, 1 through 17, Psalm 129, 1 through 8, and Proverbs 29, 19 and 20. So if y'all are ready, I myself do not have OCD. I know because I check for it constantly. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, yesterday, on December 9th, in the Old Testament, we read Joel 1-1 through 321. We started yet another book. And nobody seems to know who Joel is, or who his father Pethuel is, or when he wrote this book. So thanks, experts. <laughs> he focuses mostly on Judah, so sometime before that kingdom fell, and he uses a plague of locusts that happened recently to illustrate the coming captivity. But nobody knows when that was either. So I'm glad we have all these experts to answer these questions for us. What strikes me the most about this book is that he's basically reading the riot act to Judah the whole time. It seems to me like we've been reading all these prophets just go on and on for 20 or 30 chapters about how bad everybody sinned and the coming punishment and saying it 30 different ways to get their point across. And Joel does it all in three chapters. And he starts by saying, Hear this, ye old men, and give ear, all ye inhabitants of the land. He's saying, all right, y'all, listen up. Awake, ye drunkards, and weep. Just like all them locusts and palmer worms and canker worms that just came through, a nation is going to come up upon my land, strong and without number, whose teeth are the teeth of a lion, and it's going to strip the whole land bare. So lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. It's going to be no more crops, no more harvest, no more cattle, just rotten seed under the dirt. And in chapter two, he says, sound an alarm for the day of the Lord cometh. A day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, 
He says, A great people and a strong, there hath not ever been the like, is coming. Neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. And this whole chapter, he uses a lot of locust imagery to describe the army. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses and as horsemen, so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains, they shall leap. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb up upon the houses. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. So, turn to the Lord before it's too late. In verse 13 he says, Rend your heart and not your garments. Don't just act like you're repenting, like for show. Really do it in your heart, in other words. And he lists some of the ways to demonstrate that, like blow the trumpet in Zion and sanctify a fast and call a solemn assembly. And then the Lord will be jealous for his land and pity his people and save you and get rid of the army and give you food. And verse 28 says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And most people say this refers to an outpouring of the Holy Spirit at the end times, that a lot of people will manifest a prophetic gift during the run-up to the Great Tribulation. Because the very next thing he says is, And I will shew wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come which is exactly the kind of stuff that happens in Revelation, but we'll get to that. And chapter 3, verse 2 says, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat, which there is no such valley. So obviously that's symbolic of something. Probably the valley of Kedron, where 50 years before, Jehoshaphat beat Ammon and Moab and Edom. So probably this is meant to convey God's judgment. And he's bringing judgment because of how the Jews were scattered and taken captive. But then God's going to gather them all back together. And he says, so get ready for war, Israel and the heathens, because the sun and the moon shall be darkened and the stars shall withdraw their shining. And that's symbolic of the world system being brought down. In other words, Egypt shall be a desolation and Edom shall be a desolate wilderness, but Judah shall dwell forever and Jerusalem from generation to generation. And that's how the book ends. Now, according to Haley's Bible handbook, Joel is considered to be one of the earliest of prophets in Judah around 830 B.C. during the reign of Joash. So we're, we're a couple hundred years before Judah is carried off into captivity. And midway through the book, with all this bad news, the Lord says, Yet, even now, in the middle of this terrible day, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning, and rend your heart, not your clothes, Joel reminds the people that God's gracious and he may turn and relent. And then we have the promise that the Lord will make up for the years that the locusts have eaten. Beautiful promises are sprinkled throughout this difficult book. God promises to pour out his spirit on all mankind for prophecy, dreams, and visions. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered from that great and terrible day of the Lord. And then in the New Testament, we read Revelation 1, 1 through 20. Okay, here we go. Tonight, we start the book of Revelation. It's the big tamale. And it's difficult. Mm. And we won't do it justice in the review, but we'll try. Like Bert Gummer says, I'm doing the best I can with what I got. And the book of Revelation was written by John the Apostle from the penal colony on the island of Patmos, somewhere around 95 AD, where he was put for preaching Jesus. So he's probably in his 80s, maybe. So let's just dive in and break this down. Verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. Remember when Jesus said, nobody knows the day of his coming, but the father only? Well, Jesus might know now 
because the way this is worded suggests that after Jesus ascended, God revealed it to him, to shew unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And I read somewhere that shortly doesn't mean soon, but more like rapidly, like once it starts, it'll happen fast. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, signified, rendered it into signs. So everything in here is a shadow and metaphor, and it's going to be confusing. And he goes on, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. So John's a witness and he wrote it all down. Verse 3 says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And this is the only book that promises a special blessing to those who read it, and even more so to those who can understand it. And then starting in verse 4, he writes letters to the seven churches in Asia on behalf of Jesus Christ, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, the spirits of the churches. So apparently every church has a spirit behind it or that guards it, or that advocates for it before the throne, or some such. He gives a gospel summary, and says, Jesus made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, which is probably better translated a kingdom of priests. Then he gives some end-time prophecy. He says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, from heaven in other words, and every eye shall see them, and they also which pierced them. And we talked once before about how that might work. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, because he's coming to execute judgment on the world. And then Jesus says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. He's saying, I am from eternity to eternity. I'm all there is. Interpret that however you want, and you'll probably be right. And verse 9, John speaking again, and he says, He had a vision on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, not a trumpet, but like a trumpet loud and clear, in other words, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, John, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, in his full glory, which John describes, and he had in his right hand seven stars, which we'll get to. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Remember in Ephesians 6, when Paul called the word of God the sword of the Spirit? Same deal. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength, because God is really bright light, and in him is no darkness at all. So John's mind is blown by now. He says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But Jesus is like, Nope, get up, John. I have the keys of hell and of death, and you ain't dying right now. Hmm. Then Jesus says about himself, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. So that's interesting. Being raised from the dead, he won't die anymore. And in verse 19, he tells John, Write these things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Past, present, and future, in other words. Verse 20, he starts to explain some things. He says, The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks, well, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks are the seven churches. But then that's where we stop reading. So God gave this revelation to Jesus to show us what must shortly take place. We're not among those that his return is unexpected, undesired. Like a thief in the night, we are watching, and he is showing us how to prepare and what to watch for. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 128, 1-6. And that's a song of degrees. 
And the big idea is, blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. And he spells out some of the blessings you might get for doing that. God chooses blessing for us, but to get blessed, we must choose it too and walk with him. Remember, God laid it out back in Deuteronomy. We get to choose blessing or cursing. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, and that says, where there is no vision, no revelation of God's will, in other words, when God's not teaching anybody by his spirit so that they can instruct others, then the people perish because they don't have the knowledge of salvation. And this could also be translated, the people run wild, which works too. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So without the law to guide us, we are unhappy. Kids left to themselves are the least happy because essentially no one cares. No one puts up fences to keep them safe. There's no vision, no revelation, no hope. Only carnality and natural stimulation. But if we keep the law, if we honor the fences God put up to keep us safe, We experience God's love and faithfulness. Therefore, we are happy. Now we have hope, revelation, and vision continuing. Well put. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for December 10th is Amos 1.1-3.15. The Book of Amos The words of Amos, who was among the herdmen of Tekoa, which he saw concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam the son of Joash king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. And he said, The Lord will roar from Zion, and utter his voice from Jerusalem, and the habitations of the shepherds shall mourn, and the top of Carmel shall wither. Thus saith the Lord, For three transgressions of Damascus, and for four I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they have threshed Gilead with threshing instruments of iron. But I will send a fire into the house of Hazael, which shall devour the places of Ben-Hadad. I will break also the bar of Damascus, and cut off the inhabitant from the plain of Avon, and him that holdeth the scepter from the house of Eden. And the people of Syria shall go into captivity, unto Kir, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, For three transgressions of Gaza, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they carried away captive the whole captivity, to deliver them up to Edom. But I will send a fire on the wall of Gaza, which shall devour the places thereof, And I will cut off the inhabitant from Ashdod, and him that holdeth the scepter from Ashkelon. And I will turn mine hand against Ekron, and the remnant of the Philistines shall perish, saith the Lord God. Thus saith the Lord, For three transgressions of Tyrus, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they delivered up the whole captivity to Edom, and remembered not the brotherly covenant. But I will send a fire on the wall of Tyrus, which shall devour the palaces thereof. Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of Edom, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because he did pursue his brother with the sword, and did cast off all pity, and his anger did tear perpetually, and he kept his wrath forever. But I will send a fire upon Teman, which shall devour the palaces of Basra. Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of the children of Ammon, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they have ripped up the women with child of Gilead, that they might enlarge their border. But I will kindle a fire in the wall of Rabbah, and it shall devour the palaces thereof, with shouting in the day of battle, with a tempest in the day of the whirlwind. And their king shall go into captivity, he and his princes together, saith the Lord. Chapter 2 Thus saith the Lord, For three transgressions of Moab, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because he burned the bones of the king of Edom into lime. But I will send a fire upon Moab, and it shall devour the palaces of Kerioth. 
and Moab shall die with tumult, with shouting, and with the sound of the trumpet. And I will cut off the judge from the midst thereof, and will slay all the princes thereof with him, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of Judah, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they have despised the law of the Lord, and have not kept his commandments, and their lies cause them to err, after the which their fathers have walked. But I will send a fire upon Judah, and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of Israel, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they sold the righteous for silver, and the poor for a pair of shoes, that pant after the dust of the earth on the head of the poor, and turn aside the way of the meek. And a man and his father will go in unto the same maid, to profane my holy name. And they lay themselves down upon clothes, laid to pledge by every altar. And they drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. Yet destroyed I the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars, and he was strong as the oaks. Yet I destroyed his fruit from above, and his roots from beneath. Also I brought you up from the land of Egypt, and led you forty years through the wilderness, to possess the land of the Amorite. And I raised up of your sons for prophets, and of your young men for Nazarites. Is it not even thus, O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord? But ye gave the Nazarites wine to drink, and commanded the prophets, saying, Prophesy not. Behold, I am pressed under you, as a cart is pressed that is full of sheaves. Therefore the flight shall perish from the swift, and the strong shall not strengthen his force. Neither shall the mighty deliver himself. Neither shall he stand that handleth the bow, and he that is swift of foot shall not deliver himself. Neither shall he that rideth the horse deliver himself, and he that is courageous among the mighty shall flee away naked in that day, saith the Lord. Chapter 3 Hear this word that the Lord hath spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore I will punish you for all your iniquities. Can two walk together, except they be agreed? Will a lion roar in the forest when he hath no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den, if he have taken nothing? Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth, where no gin is for him? Shall one take up a snare from the earth, and have nothing taken at all? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city, and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city, and the Lord hath not done it? Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants the prophets. The lion hath roared, who will not fear? The Lord God hath spoken, who can but prophesy? Publish in the palaces at Ashdod, and in the palaces in the land of Egypt, and say, Assemble yourselves upon the mountains of Samaria, and behold the great tumults in the midst thereof, and the oppressed in the midst thereof. For they know not to do right, saith the Lord, who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, An adversary there shall be even round about the land, and he shall bring down thy strength from thee, and thy palaces shall be spoiled. Thus saith the Lord, As the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs, or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed, and in Damascus in a couch. Hear ye and testify in the house of Jacob, saith the Lord God, the God of hosts, that in the day that I shall visit the transgressions of Israel upon him, I will also visit the altars of Bethel, and the horns of the altar shall be cut off, and fall to the ground. And I will smite the winter house with the summer house, and the houses of ivory shall perish, and the great houses shall have an end, saith the Lord. Our reading in the New Testament for December 10th is Revelation 2, 1-17. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, 
and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works, and tribulation, and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews, and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write, These things saith he, which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Our reading in Psalms for December 10th is Psalm 129, 1-8. A Song of Degrees Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth. May Israel now say, Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous, he hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked. Let them all be confounded and turn back that hate Zion. Let them be as the grass upon the housetops, which withereth afore it groweth up, wherewith the mower filleth not his hand, nor he that bindeth sheaves his bosom. Neither do they which go by say, The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. And our reading in Proverbs for December 10th is Proverbs 29, 19 and 20. A servant will not be corrected by words, for though he understand, he will not answer. Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words? There is more hope of a fool than of him. And that'll do it for the tenth. All right, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on Matthew 5, 10, and 11, which says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on just who exactly we're trying to be popular with, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, 
Your word tells us that all who desire to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted, for Satan is the god of this world, and the world hates us as much as it hates Jesus. The world would have us believe that blessed are the popular because everybody loves them, but we know that it's an honor to be considered such a strong follower of Jesus that we suffer on his behalf. Help us, Father, to count it all joy when we meet with trials for your sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawling I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be a blessing to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, what I really need y'all to do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got anything you want us to pray for you about, email me at BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try to avoid making things worse. Thanks, everybody. and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. God promises to pour out a spirit on man. <laughs> Reading is hard. <laughs> Who the fuck? You do it wrong. No, I do it just like that.